This is the Coaching for Pastors podcast, episode 190. Hey, my friend, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I am the pastor of Community Heights Alliance Church in Newton, Iowa, and I'm glad to talk with you today. Thanks for joining me. I've been in ministry for 35 years and love encouraging pastors, which is what I want to do today. You know, I thought about talking to you about your spiritual life or your prayer life, and I've done that a lot. But man, I think that when you deal with the fundamentals in almost any area of life, you're really pressing on the felt needs of people. No matter what discipline, no matter what topic you're talking about, the fundamentals are usually the things that get dropped, usually the things that people forget about. Coaches, especially athletic coaches, coaches of teams and individuals, they understand that you've got to go back and rehearse and review the fundamentals regularly. And so for us pastors, the, I mean, the first fundamental is that we have to have a vital spiritual walk with God if we're going to spiritually influence other people. So I want to take you to Philippians chapter 2 today, but I want you to look at this passage with me from the context of your church leadership team or your church uh, uh, leadership board, maybe your church staff if you've got a larger church with church staff. And read this in that context. Imagine or get yourselves together and sit in a living room or around a large table. Everyone's there. Maybe there's two or three or four or 10 or 12 or 20 of you. And then Paul were writing this letter to you. And here's what he says. He says, is, hey guys. Yeah, he's got to say, hey guys first. Hey guys, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ. And you go around and you talk about, yeah, yeah, it is encouraging. It's encouraging to belong to Christ. He says, is there any comfort from his love? And you talk about that and affirm that. Yes, there is. Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? You begin talking about the work of the Spirit in your life, your life individual and your lives corporately. Yeah, there's a lot of fellowship. Then he says, but are your hearts tender and compassionate? You begin to look around the table, around the room, and catch each other's eyes, and some of you look down, and others of you have brighter eyes because there's tenderness and compassion. And then he says this, hey, you guys, make me truly happy by just agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. And at that, you realize you've got some work to do because you don't always agree on things. And when he talks about agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, you really have to look at the context of Philippians and what he's talking about in the book of Philippians. There's a couple of different themes, but you just need to see the context of it because obviously we don't all agree on everything, but that's not what he's talking about in the passage. There's a larger context. But he says, you know, being in agreement on those foundational, fundamental things, loving one another, 
Do you all love one another? How, how much do you love each other? Do you love one another as Christ loved you? Because that was Christ's command, right? As I have loved you, so you all must love one another. And then do you work together with one mind and purpose? Is there a unity, a singleness of mind and focus? Are you on the same path? Then he says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, now it's getting thick, right? Now this ministry team, this leadership team that's sitting around this table or sitting in this family room together, he's asking you to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And you're like, okay, now what's he going to lay on us? Well, it's this, that though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. No, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, a servant, and he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Okay, Paul, you're asking us to be like the one that we follow, our master. You're asking us to be disciples who would be willing to go to the mat, to go to the cross for the sake of Jesus and for each other, to serve one another with humility and love. This is a big ask. This isn't just, oh, you lead Sunday school and you pass out bulletins and you know you decide who's going to mow the lawn next week. Oh, it's so much more than that. This is a spiritual, uh, a spiritually familial relationship, an entity, this corporate entity called the church, the body of Christ. And as you would look at Philippians chapter 2 together as a leadership team, and imagine Paul there at the head of the table challenging you and asking you these questions and pushing you in these directions, you realize we've got some work to do. But he says, after that, he says, therefore, because of Jesus dying this criminal's death on a cross and his obedience to the Father, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, and he gave him the name above all other names, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep and reverent fear. For God, he's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. I'm going to stop there. I could keep on going. The, the scriptures are fantastic, aren't they? But Paul, Paul, oh my, Paul gives these challenges, and they're just rich, 
riveted with doctrine, just soaked and steeped in spiritual dynamic truth from God. But you're a leadership team, and Pastor, you're the leader of this team. You're the leader of the team, and how well do you challenge the team? And now, of course, like everything I say to you, uh, I've got one finger pointing at you and three fingers pointing back at me, right? Everything I'm telling you, I'm challenging myself with. I'm the leader. I have a team. How am I challenging them? If we invited Paul in the room and asked him to share with us chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, 15, 16, whatever it is, said, Paul, would you challenge us? And he gave you those words. Think about how challenging that would be. Think about how, how pushed you would feel in that moment, this vision that Paul lays out for you. So, Pastor, I challenge you at the next meeting that you have, the next group meeting, share with the group these verses in Philippians chapter 2. Share with them the challenge. Share what Paul expected from the leaders of the church in Philippi. And then share that, you know what, there's no fewer expectations on us in this ministry. And then talk through that and unpack it with them and then pray through it with them. And ask God for strength to live up to this passage. Just some thoughts, Pastor. It's just a thought, right? (laughs) It's good to talk to you today. And uh, you have a great rest of the day. And I'll see you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.